0: Welcome back, everybody. Episode twenty-two, of the Rose Renderer Podcast. A little bit shorter of an episode today, um, but a lot of great content to cover. I'll have a written piece. We'll check in with Joe's inbox. We'll tease a uh, an interview that we have next week, and that we're really excited about. And then also a little segment from our official RNR musical correspondent. But before we get to the fun stuff, Joe, tell me how your week was.
1: Oh, it was a good week. It was a good week this week. <laughs> um, what can I say about it? uh got a promotion at work got a new position now i'm now an intel manager as they- there we go it's official ladies and gentlemen it's official now would that go on your linkedin profile <laughs> no i have not updated my linkedin profile nor do i intend to but no it's been a solid week got to hang out with some friends last night do some things that probably shouldn't be done in portland with given mask and social distancing rules
0: good but- so uh, like a hookah lounge yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like hookah's got to be the worst business for COVID, right? I mean, you're just blowing out into the open. You're sharing a mouthpiece. There's really not any redeeming quality to the hookah lounge with regards to COVID. I'd have to imagine they're going to be hit pretty hard.
1: Yeah, I I, I imagine hookah's going to be a thing of the past for at least the near future. But how, how about you, though? Are you uh, taking full advantage of those open Texas roles? I heard it's like the old West, the Wild West the old, out
0: there. You know, it, it's the living in Arizona, living in Texas, you do get a feeling that in some parts of this country, it is the old West. You know, I remember when I first moved to Arizona and I, um, kind of knew that they had lax gun laws. And then in college, I went to buy a gun and I just bought it. I mean, it was, it took, you know, they, of course they, they did the background check, you know, they, they did the background check, make sure you don't have a criminal record, but it was very easy to do, um, i i definitely enjoyed that about arizona i'm i'm a big gun guy i I don't i don't bring my politics onto the show very much but there's one thing i'm comfortable announcing it's that i'm a gun owner i i i i'm perfectly fine announcing that uh, yeah and um but i will i will say that uh in, in in texas living here kind of for the second round i lived a little bit here when i was younger but um it's uh, very much the same old west mentality. As far as myself, I'm uh, I'm still wearing the mask. I, I still have the mask on. Wife and I still do a lot of the social distancing. Um, you know, we don't really do a lot with uh, in, in crowded places. We've um, there's been one time where we had people over, but it was only two other people. So we've we've been we've been still pretty good uh, with the mask and stuff. Um, and uh, I don't really plan on changing that in, in in the near future. I don't really know what my triggering point for that would be. Uh, you know, probably a vaccine or something, but uh, for now, the, max for the, the masks for us um, are not too much of an inconvenience because we both work from home, so we're not really wearing it during the day. Um, so for us, it's when we go out to a restaurant or something for, for takeout or something, you know, we'll put it on, but uh, besides that, it's not too much of an ordeal for us because um, we both work from home.
1: Yeah, I noticed uh, your, your beard's getting a little longer there. Does that add some extra COVID protection, maybe a, a better seal for the mask to go onto.
0: You know, well, probably worse, uh, you know, when you're, anytime you're, you get fitted for an airtight mask or something, you also have to shake your face because the, the, the hair makes a, makes a a poor seal between the the mask and the skin. And so, uh, you know, if anything, you know, if I were uh, having a real airtight fit, the beard would, uh, would be a a hindrance. But, uh, you know, I think it's just more, you kind of get to this phase when you grow beard where you're pretty consistent about shaving, you shave, you know, once a week or something like that. And then you miss a week. And then you're kind of like in this interesting, like half stubble, half beard phase. And then you kind of make this this trigger point of, well, do I just shape up cheeks in the neck? Or do I shave it all off? And about a month ago, as anybody who's been a loyal watcher of the podcast knows, I've been growing this now for about, you know, a little over a month or so. And that's coming in pretty nice. You know, there's always there's always a bit of a risk with the beard because every time you 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 trim up the, the cheeks, you have a risk of just like completely destroying one of the beard lines and then you have to take it all off and go back to zero. But I've, I've, I've maintained a steady hand for the past few weeks I've been maintaining this. And I gotta say, I think it's coming in pretty nice.
1: Oh yeah, no, it looks great. And uh, I think that the consequences of a beard grooming mistake are a lot more apparent for someone like you than they would be for someone like me. So.
0: Well, I, if you remember back, I mean, of course, I was a pioneer of the half beard, which people think the half beard means that you shave it down to half. It's not what the half beard is. Actually, the, the half beard that I pioneered in college is when you shave half of your face. And uh, I did that for about, uh, you know, 20 minutes. And uh, but I but I, I pioneered it. And uh, again, that's part of the R&R trademark. And yeah, uh, that maybe,
1: a lot of that's something our viewers can look forward to seeing on one of these episodes.
0: Yeah, Probably. No time soon, but probably um, I'm, I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer in the beard. I, I really, you know, I was always the kid in high school that grew it out. I got in trouble. I had to go shave in the bathroom. Um, I know I, I didn't, I, I didn't push many roles in high school, but I did push the boundaries of facial hair limitations. That was, that was what I pushed in, uh, in high school. That was, that was my contribution to the cause. So.
1: Yeah. That was your, your form of a deviancy as, as a high schooler.
0: Yes, that was it. And uh, I got to say, you know, shaving the bathroom with one of those Gillette one blades is a punishment. That is a punishment.
1: That's and, what they uh, would give you. That's what they would give you when they someone deemed your facial hair to be too aggressive.
0: It was horrible. I mean, it, it was horrible. They give you this awful disposable razor, a little a little can of Gillette shave cream, the foam, not the gel. So you know, all academic. And uh, you know, the 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 hot water in the bathroom never gets warm enough. And of course, you're doing this all against the clock to avoid a tardy. So I mean, you really. You don't, you don't have any time to do it right. You know, I'm a believer, if you can't do it right, don't do it at all.
1: So. And who says our, our education system has failed in the US? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, always, I always, that was always one that I kind of got bothered by. It's like, of all the things you can do, why is uh, growing facial hair even on the purview of dress code? Like, why is it, like, how can it be inappropriate? Like, I can understand not wanting to have a shirt that says the F word on it, you know, not wanting, uh, you know, shirts of like, with, like graphic imagery on it. I can, under, I can comprehend why that's the case. I never got the facial hair rule. I never understood that. I who 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 cares? I, I never I never understood that, and in yeah. fact I still don't. As a as a as a more mature you know person now, I still don't get why like that rule is in, is on the book. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand it either.
1: I, I think that you were allowed to have one well groomed mustache that was with the with the yeah.
0: hand. which is which is even more baffling. Of all the facial hair that they don't allow, they only allow the most creepy one. I mean, yeah, does that make any sense things to things anybody? It's like, you can't pierce your ears, but we'll let you put a, a fish hook through your lip. It doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Like they only allowed the worst one. It, 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 it baffles me. I mean, it really baffles me. Um, when I, before moving to Arizona, I uh, went to a private school that had, uh, you couldn't wear ankle socks. Couldn't wear ankle socks. You had to wear normal length socks. And somebody yeah. pointed out to me, I, I won't try and draw right now, but in terms of, if you look at the definition for the word uniform, it means similar. Like it's, it's uniform across the board, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about ankle socks, because they go below the shoe line, it's actually a more uniform sock line. Versus if you have high socks, think of all the ranges of heights that different people can have from person to person. It's actually a less uniform uniform. So the person who pointed that out to me in eighth grade, who was a genius, her name was oh, Lauren something. And uh, she was, a, she was really, we'll find her out, we'll find her out online. Uh, she was a genius, and uh, but she pointed out to me She said, Jimmy, you know, actually, because I, I began a petition in eighth grade, didn't go very far, to actually allow ankle socks. It made it just past recess, and then I kind of moved on. But she pointed out to me, the period before recess began, that actually the uniformity argument, which I still think is a solid argument, it com- completely uh, negates the idea of having a uniform with normal length socks. They're not uniform at all.
1: Yeah. Again, who, who says that our education system has failed in the
0: U.S.? And this is the kind of woody banter people have come to expect from the Roses and Rhetoric podcast. We're, we're really, you know, we're challenging the status quo. You know, we're asking the tough questions. That's what we're doing here on on, on the podcast. I don't hear anyone else asking this stuff. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, folks, progress is a choice. Where are we going? Get out the map. Let us know where we're going. And Joe, you know where we're going to go next? We're going to go to yeah. our musical correspondent our r let's hear from our album of the week from the official r and musical correspondent
1: okay and while i pull this up why don't you uh why don't you sell the hell out of our correspondent a little bit he does a lot of hard work for us he does do a
0: lot of hard work for anybody who was on our uh our uh podcast last week saw had a great interview with Miss Abysmal again check out their album Mystery Dream a really fun album about half an hour long super super easy to listen to put on the car on the way home from work um, it'll it'll get you from point A to point B. Our correspondent came through with a description for that song that I, I I honestly think was professional level now of course we expect that on the R&R podcast we expect pro level but nonetheless it is always important to reward good work when it is delivered and i was so blown away by the quality of that work i mean it was it, it perfectly encapsulated the whole album now i don't think i could do that myself i don't have the right artistic perception to pick up on all those little things with that our official rnr correspondent did of course that's why he's in that role i mean that that's a good fit for him but um that's a super phenomenal job, works, works really hard for this. We're super proud of, of, uh, of last week's, and I think we'll be equally proud of this week's uh, description as well. So, Joe, when you're ready, the album of the week from our official r and musical correspondent. Yeah, I was going to say, if you enjoyed last week's, just wait for this one. Just wait for Here this one.
1: Okay, so the album of this week is called Rome by Danger Mouse and Daniel Lupi. And here's the notes. And this, this is actually especially relevant because we were just talking about the Western themes of Texas. There we go. So the notes are spaghetti Western. Jack White is bizarre, but committed. And I like that about him. Nora Jones's voice is fucking sexy. Late, um, lyrically vague. Strings sound grand. Vignettes cinematic. The background vocals create a certain gravity or heavy sound simply sounds like a Western film. Review, I'm a sucker for Westerns. Whether it be High Plains Drifter, The Hateful Eight, Maverick, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, or even Westworld with Yul Brenner just walking around as a sinister robot cowboy, I'm all in. There's something about the expansive freedom and the lawlessness of the old West that is captivating. That brings us to Rome. Released in 2011 by Danger Mouse and Danielle Lupi. Rome is a concept album inspired by the classic Spaghetti Western. What Danger Mouse and Daniel Lupi set out to create was the score to a Spaghetti Western, just without the film. When you listen to Rome, with that in mind, the album is an absolute triumph. To put it simply, Rome is a stunningly beautiful album. The first track, Theme of Rome, begins with a soft drum making way for a cool guitar, sweeping strings, strings, spectral vocals, and a soulful organ in the background. It sets the stage for being out in the West and paves the way for the drama that lies ahead. Next is The Rose with the Broken Neck, which features Jack White and brings in the late motif or rather the reoccurring musical idea of the album. Nora Jones is also featured throughout Rome and the juxtaposition of her sultry voice alongside Jack White's eerie sound works so incredibly well. Overall, the lyrics on this album are relatively generic, but it allows the listener to fill in the would be visuals to the score as they please. Sonically, this album can take you to any number of places such as a small mining town in the Rockies, the sagebrush-filled high desert, a deep canyon lined with cottonwoods, the snowy peaks of the Sierra Nevadas, or the sizzling Sonoran Desert. Rome simply creates a gorgeous backdrop for the West. The listener gets to fill in the storyline. I'd recommend listening to Rome when you want to daydream. If you're driving, cooking dinner, Going for a walkabout, or even working on a spreadsheet, Rome can transform the mundane into the epic.
0: Wow! Ooh, that's that uh, like a uh, mic uh, drop moment right there. That is hot, hot, piping, piping hot, as the <laughs> saying goes. Joe, piping hot. Another wonderful uh, uh, expose by our official R and Musical correspondent. Album name is Rome. And Joe, give us the artists of the album one more time. Yeah, Danger Mouse and Danielle Lupi, L U P P I. Excellent. Well, we'll be tagging them all below, people. You know how this works. Check the YouTube description below. We'll put links to the to the uh, to the album. You know, Spotify, Amazon. It's really important to to support these artists that are putting out these great works. Um, and again, another big round of applause for our uh, another wonderful piece from the R and R musical correspondent i'm looking forward to listening to that album i I had a bit of a hectic week so i I did not have a chance to listen to it but i will listen to it today and uh, i'm looking forward to it based off of that description so i will i will put that on today's agenda
1: i know we got to move to the next segment but i just want to say that i I listened to
0: this album probably a a dozen times or so
1: this week and i was doing a lot of those things that he recommended just walking around just doing anything it's like anytime album you can play anywhere and once reading this review and hearing that, I, I just read that word, Spaghetti Western.
0: Spaghetti Western. <laughs> My
1: mind just was like, wow. Like, how, how did I not see this the first 12 times I listened to it? So I I just read this review. I, I look forward to listening again, having this review in mind now. And, uh, yeah, uh, R&R Music Correspondent knocked it out of the park once again.
0: And again. And again. He's, he's going for a hat trick next week. We're sure of it. Um, I I love the Western. I, I really do. I think it is uh, – it is no, no small part um, a, a, a cause of some of the anxiety that is, has become almost stereotypical of the modern day, is that there is a sense where we're longing for adventure and we don't know where to find it. And I, I think that causes a sense of anxiety in us that we, we feel like this is it, we're at the end of history. And uh, folks, we are not, we are, there is still so much to do. There is, there is still a frontier to explore. There are still new ideas to explore. There are still things to do. Um, We are not at the end of history. We are not at the end of anything. We're at just the beginning and films in the genre of the Western remind us of how much progress we have yet to make in this world. So I look forward to that. I, I love the film genre and I look forward to this album based off of that description and the tie in to that genre. Very good. Well, Joe, I, I promised last week that I would have a written piece. You know, we were pretty good about having written pieces at the very beginning. Of course, you know, we, we've, we put more time into doing these interviews and we, you know, we've had some phenomenal guests as of late. You know, let's just go to the literal. Again, Miss Abysmal. Check out the album Mystery Dream. Dr. Ira Hellfan coming from us for the physician for the social responsibility. Huge group. Support them. Go join their work. Dr. Phil Lacovara talking to us about False Flags, the book that he wrote. And then our very first guest, Dr. Kenzie Quick talking to us about her piece. It's um, off of, of some uh, college romance. We won't go into all the details again, but, uh, but check them all out. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to pull up my piece real quick, Joe. This is mine, a, a bit of a, um, a um, an homage, if you will, to the very short sci-fi uh, uh, book or to the very short sci-fi story. It's not a very long piece, but I think you'll enjoy it. The name of the piece is called Gryptophone, Gryptophone. The year is 3030, behold the Gryptophone, mankind's greatest achievement. Speak loudly and clearly into the Gryptophone. When you scream into the Gryptophone, it laughs. When you cry into the Gryptophone, it laughs. When you laugh into the Gryptophone, it laughs. When a cryptophone is asked a question, it responds with the perfect answer, disguised in gibberish. The speaker can only take solace in knowing that the Gryptophone did not remain silent. The answer exists. The Gryptophone does not answer paradoxes, nor does it answer any other nonsense questions, because such questions cannot be answered and Gryptophones cannot do the impossible. Gryptophones are impeccable conversationalists. Cryptophones always have an interesting question to ask, and many people enjoy being the center of attention when a cryptophone is present. But be careful. You cannot lie to a cryptophone. It is a rule. Cryptophones will not speak to one another. Cryptophones prefer to work alone. Cryptophones were a sensation at first, but now they rarely find much use. Most cryptophones wind up in the garbage, or they heckle walker with insightful questions. Before a cryptophone dies, it says its final words. And after a cryptophone dies, it cannot be brought back to life. Some people wonder if there is an afterlife for the cryptophones. Some people have even asked the cryptophones this question. But of course, the people do not understand the answer. We only know that the answer exists. Oh, Very good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I uh, I'm dedicating that piece to one of our Twitter followers whose uh, handle is at uh, Space Boyfriend. Um, he he asked a funny question on Twitter the other day. He says, "Does anybody?" Either he asked or he was res- or he was responding to it. But um, the the question was, "Does anybody write the title of their works before writing the work itself?" And I said, "I oh, do right. that all the time. <laughs> I do that all the time." And I did I did that for for this one. So the the name of, of the piece is Gryptophone, spelled G-R-I-P-T-A-P-H-O-N-E. And it came from me imagining a a rock star gripping a microphone. So that's gryptophone. And um so anyways I thought of that word gryptophone and then I thought how can I build a story around this thing? And this is what this is what came out of it. So um a really short piece but I really enjoyed it. I, it was a fun writing project this week and uh there you have it, folks. Scripted phones. And we'll be posting that on our website as well. So check it out there also.
1: Incredible. Yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank
1: you. Um, so I know we got to wrap up, but speaking of some of our, our, our listeners and some of our fan mail that we've been getting, there was a small request made this week to cover something. So a small request in Joe's inbox to cover specifically the Kanye West and Kim Kardashian situation. Yes, yes, yes. As I started to research the situation, because I didn't know much about it, hmm. uh, I did learn and I did realize that there's not one iota of my being that cares about the situation.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that's funny, me either.
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna have to make a, a little apology here to uh, to our listener. I think you know who you are, that uh, we, will, we will not be covering that. Although I will say that the world would be a much more interesting place if single Kanye had become president by some
0: by some feet. By some feet. You know, it, this reminds me where, I, I keep on teasing this as, as a theme for the podcast, but the idea of, um, of scapegoating and about how society kind of like sacrifices people for its own, for the sake of society. There was a beautiful South Park episode came out, oh, maybe like five years ago, maybe longer than that. It's been out for a while. And the whole episode, was about how we just tear celebrities through the ringer of public uh, uh, covering and with 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 journalism and everything else. We just we just we just put these celebrities through the ringer and end up sacrificing them. And at the time, they were making fun of Britney Spears. I mean, she had a famous you know mental breakdown and, and everything else. And you know it was all that the media could do to, to cover it. And you know every day she was on the TV. And it's like meanwhile it's like this person's going through this like horrible mental episode. And we're just taking it in for entertainment and we, we we really we do the same thing with divorce in this country. I mean divorce is a really you know you know sad thing it's a marriage coming to an end and I don't and
1: especially it, when there's children involved
0: it, no doubt about it that was my thought and my best time especially when there's children involved and so here you have two people who were married who have a child and now they're getting divorced I think the last thing we should do would be to like you know, tease it out for our entertainment. I mean, it, it just seems to me that that just shows, you know, we, it's very common to, to criticize celebrity culture for being superficial, but how superficial are we that we take pleasure in, you know, in enjoyment out of, you know, watching their suffering through the various tabloid media outlets. I think if anything, us, the consumer are much more superficial than the celebrities. Uh, that they're uh, that that we're that we're watching and judging that would would be my take at least
1: yeah I, i completely agree with all that um anyways i know that we're running on a tight schedule here so i'll let you wrap it up jim
0: Hey. Well, so folks, this was a very short episode. Again, I apologize for that. I have another meeting I had to run to, and um, we are very much looking forward to our episode next week. We'll be having a very special guest, Dr. Jacob Stegina, who will be talking to us about his book, Medical Nihilism, which is a very interesting take on the, the efficacy of various pharmaceutical compounds and medicine in general. Um, where we'll be walking through the various arguments he uses to outline a view which is essentially to say that we should have less confidence in medicine than we currently do. Uh, it was a very fun read. I enjoyed it. It was uh, very interesting and it would be a pleasure to have him on the podcast. But um, unfortunately we do have to wrap things up for this episode. So I'll be signing off uh, for myself and for Joseph. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode Did A lot of fun things were covered. Um, again, dedicated that piece to, uh, to to space cowboy. I hope I'm getting that handle right. And then another wonderful piece from our official RNR musical correspondent. Um, But folks, I will have to do it uh, for this episode. So uh, until next time, I'm signing off for Joseph Sanford saying ciao.